Hi, and welcome to Dyson Dish. My name is Erica, and I am joined by... Sparks Valentine. And Foxfires. This is a roundtable discussion about the TTRPG uh, community. So TTRPGs, if you don't know, are tabletop roleplay games. So like Dungeons and Dragons, Mark Borg, DCC, uh, this is, we are discussing topics that we bring to the table, each one of us, that are about RPGs. This is not a live play, and it's not about tips and tricks. Maybe we'll do that later on, if that's the topic somebody brings forth. But we're just more of a discussion. So we're going to roll a d6, and we'll divide it in half, and we'll see who goes first. So, Sparks Valentine, do you want to roll a d6 for me? Yes. I got a six. A six. Okay. So, on our spreadsheet, I'm the last one. So, I'm going to, my topic will be first. So, my topic is inspiration from real life. What this means is how do you incorporate an experience or something that you see in real life and you bring uh, for me? I love stand-up comedy. So I made a character. Her name was Finney the Filthy, and she was a bard, the comedian. Uh, and that was something that I don't do. I found, like, dad jokes and some dirty jokes, and she's, like, the filthy, you know, part of her name. And that was one of my favorite characters. Um, and also, I a lot of animals. Um, that I watch documentaries about them. And I look at the things that they can do in our world and kind of see where that might be lacking in the system that I'm running. And I incorporate them. Like, I use this beetle I found one time that creates, like, a funnel um, in the desert. And it, like, traps the enemies and it brings them down to them and so i used that to kill i think it was like two players when we were in that encounter with the beetles um so yeah so that's what i mean inspiration from real life so sparks what do you bring inspiration from in real life to the table oh lord um i would say really what i kind of bring into the real world like into the game is going to be I don't know like fashion I love making my characters like they always have a story with how they look and that's kind of what I brought into it you see people the clothes they wear you kind of make up stories for them so I wanted to do the same thing I was like oh I can make a story with like fashion with clothes and I always try to incorporate that somehow um character I have now is from space so i kind of thought whenever i was kind of looking for kind of inspiration art that would be for it it was very ethereal and very like astronomical things <laughs> um but that's kind of like what i kind of go with is more of like i like to bring my kind of love of fashion and out of this world clothing into the games so foxfire so, it's kind of a difficult topic. I say for me, when I'm a player, I try to bring an aspect of just myself into the game. So, a lot of my characters have a high charisma, 
because that's a part of me that I want to to be a thing. It's it's something that I want to be able to be in real life. I in real life I'm shy. I'm definitely not the charisma person. So to be able to play that at the table it's it allows me to be something that I don't feel like I am. And when I'm a DM, I bring in things that are actually topical. So for example, things that players might actually be dealing with in real life. Um, I made an NPC once that had essentially schizophrenia and the players kind of figured it out and kind of helped her through some of those things. Um, little off topic, but I worked in the healthcare field and so I had to deal with a lot of people that had those issues. And so being able to display them to people and letting people see it and work through those issues kind of that just seemed interesting and topical to me. And I, I kind of get that, like kind of take things you kind of do in your daily life, like what you you're the charismatic that you want to play in a game. Like you say that in a lot of people, a lot of the people that are kind of, they have that outgoing side to them. I feel like you see it a lot more come out in game when they're playing a character. Even yeah, if you don't show your charismatic sign, yeah, you still you have, have it. Yeah, or you have people that play a warrior because they may feel powerless in their real life. Yeah. But in the game, they can pick up that sword and they can protect those villagers. Yeah. Or somebody who plays like a really flirty character in game but doesn't really flirt or pick up people in real life either. But okay. taking inspiration from creatures like you did, Erica, is also great because you have real-world creatures like that beetle that, yep. if they were just bigger, would be extremely terrifying. Oh, 100%. For sure. Like, 100%. Yeah, me uh, and my husband were actually sitting at the lake and we were talking about, you know, like the stuff that's in the lake, you know, the monsters and like the turtles and, you know, just kind of like, you know, like Nessie and stuff. Um, you know, you hear tales of stuff that are in like Tennessee rivers. And I thought, well, how cool would it be to like take a setting like that? Alligators. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and even like, you know, they say that... Uh, like certain sharks get into freshwater, not all the way to Tennessee, but you know, uh, down in the south for sure. And just take in like something like that. I don't feel like you see a lot of um, inspiration from lakes and people utilizing lakes and like things that monsters that could be in them. I feel like people associate that more with the sea and it's like Krakens and you know, Cthulhu and stuff. Um, and I just, it makes me wonder, like, why I always put, like, a redneck fisherman, you know, in a game, and you go down the lake, and there's these, like, giant, um, giant, like, monsters that are dwelling there. You know, you bring up a good point. It is interesting that people associate water monsters with the ocean when you have Nessie and you have Champ. Yeah real life myths that people have quote unquote seen or photographed and yet 
you don't put those in a lake. Yeah, and I think um, even culture, like cultures that we have, I mean, you know, fantasy species or races, whatever you want to classify them as, have their own cultures and aesthetics. But you can even pull in cultures that we have, whether it's in the United States or it's across our world, you can pull those into your game as well. Like you're talking about fashion. Like fashion is a big part of culture. Yeah, very much is like, you kind of go through everything and it, you look at the fashions throughout the time. It's like, Lord, you have so much. You have so much you can draw off of and draw inspiration from. Yeah. Well, does anybody have any uh, anything else they'd like to say about that topic? I don't think so. No, it was kind of one of the more like in-depth ones I think that we're going to have today. And we did it first. Because it's our show. Well, (laughs) I I feel like everybody always talks about, like, inspiration for movies and TV shows, music, whatever video games it is. And I was like, why not talk about inspiration that is more grounded and how you can use the things that you see in your everyday life to bring into game? Yeah. It's a really interesting topic. It's something I don't think a lot of people think about, so. Yeah. Well, Sparks, you want to roll that D, if you can do a D4 or D6, it's up to you. All right, let me grab one. Hang on. Let me just, until I got my. Which one are you getting? Huh? Are you driving D6 or D4? I just dropped dice. Oh my God. They're gone forever. Gone forever. You have a D4. They're gone. I have a D4. Okay, that's all that matters. It's a three. A three. That's then. That's your. That's your topic, Sparks. Oh, it's Let's me. Hear it. It's me. It's you. Okay, so my topic is based upon uh, with the type of sessions that people have, whether it be online or in person. Just kind of thoughts, general thoughts around that. Which do you think is better? Which do you think is more accessible? And do you think that? In the future, are we going to have in-person games? Kind of thinking about that. And what do you prefer? Throw that out there. While I try to find these dice real quick. (sighs) So, I have no issue stating my opinion on this. In-person is completely different experience from online. To me, there is no comparison in person is always going to be better because you can see each other's faces you can have all the gestures the body language that you just don't really get when you play online especially because a lot of people when they play online they don't play with video they play with voice only and so sometimes you can say something and it might not necessarily hit the way it's supposed to as opposed to sitting across from each other, I can see your face, I can see that it was a joke, and I can see that, you know, I don't need to, my character doesn't need to be mad about it, per se. Yeah. Um, For me, I, I'm not going to act like I've been playing since the 80s like my mom's basement or anything um i started playing about 10 years ago and it was it was i was right there at that i feel like the sweet spot right 
when Dean, uh, like 5e, was being playtested. It was, you know, everybody was in the dark times of 4e, and at that time, there was no D&D, right? Um, there, people didn't bring their phones or computers to the table. And if, you know, our DM was like, if you touch your phone, then you take damage. Then something will bite you, and you will take damage. And it was a way to keep people at the table mentally, um, and also, like, physically sometimes, you know. I I get why some people play online. If you're in, like, you're in a rural, rural, I'm rural. 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 If you're in an area, you're in an area that is not a city or a very populated area that has a game store. um, And you don't know anyone to play and you have to go and roll 20. Or if you're in the military, something like that. That online is your only option. I get that. And that's great because that way you still get to play. But nothing beats in person because we all buy all these dice. And when you don't, you, when you play online, you don't roll, you don't roll dice. You know, you roll digital dice. And I don't think they're um, as much fun. I don't think they're as accurate either. Um, there is and also satisfying as rolling a real dice. No, like rolling a digital D twenty, like it doesn't it doesn't feel as awesome, um, or or as like a big of a failure when you pop up a one. So, you know, that's my opinion. I like I like the and I've also I like going the way that they used to play, where it's like okay, we're gonna sit down at this table, we're gonna real die, play with pencil and paper, and we're gonna use books. And to me, like, if it all goes digital, I'll just find a new hobby because I don't want to play that way. Yeah, I don't blame you. I, I feel like the online has its place for sure. Because, I mean, I've got friends across the country that they like D&D and mm-hmm. I love playing with them. And I wouldn't be able to play with them otherwise because I'm, I, I can't make an eight hour trip to, say, California just to play D&D with them. Yeah, so, I get that. I mean, it's it's a perfectly acceptable way to play the game, but if you if I have the choice, I'm gonna sit at the table with my friends, and I don't mind paper. Yeah, I I am one of those people that personally love everything on the computer because it's so much more convenient to have the the character sheet online or on the tablet rather than on the paper because the paper gets wrinkly the paper gets eraser marks and then it just doesn't look pretty the perfectionist i've always yeah. said the ipad character sheet is a perfectionist's best friend because if you have to change anything you don't have to erase anything you just you technically have to erase it but you don't have pencil marks that's my yeah. big thing i don't think i have written on a piece of paper with like a pencil in like seven or eight years you did yesterday. Look, yes. Okay. Wow. Okay. You did yesterday. But Last did night I have to erase anything. Uh, in, in one whole day. One, one day. Whole day. You haven't touched one a day, pencil and paper. Two hours, but it's because they were already provided. Two or three hours, they were already provided for us. So that's a little different. But if I have a choice to do it myself, I'm going to do it on that. Um, yeah. But on my point, like with the in-person and online, I will always, 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 same as everybody else, rather play in person because it's that sense of community. 
like we are a community and in some games when you're in a group you kind of become a family yeah and it's one of those we play this together this is what bonds us this is what makes us friends now online is perfect for like you said fox you have people that are halfway across the country or on the other side of the country and you want to play together but it also it makes it kind of more online is becoming more convenient for people that is it's kind true. of the trend that we're going towards is it's going to be more convenient for people to play online. It's going to become more convenient for people to stream their games online. If they play online than in person, the amount of technology that you need to stream a game from online than in person is minuscule. <laughs> and it can be cheaper as well. Yes. From that factor. So in, in real life, if you want say to have a battle map or something you have to chill out money to get the battle map you have, you have to, to chill have out space. money to get the miniatures and you have to have space as well yeah online and... there, there are free websites that you can go to and get all of these things so you don't have to and... use theater for mine sorry sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah because um like um i play weekly at a local game store and when i say local i mean a four um, which is gas, which is money, because I have a truck. And so, and it's one way, 45 minutes, 45 minutes the other way. And sometimes I hit traffic and it turns into a 20-minute drive. But I make that drive because, one, I can afford to do it, um, which is a big factor for some people. They don't have that extra income to be able to do that. And online is more affordable for them, which is it was a factor. Um, but two, I agree with like, it is a community. When I go in the store, it's like, you know, it's like cheers, old reference for old ass people. I love cheers. Everybody knows your name. When I walk in, it's like Norm, but they all say Erica. And it's that like, you know, you all sit around and you, you sit at the game store and I might not know the person at the next table, but they start talking to me about, oh, did you see so-and-so is doing with their system or I recently played in this game and my character did this and the next thing you know you see each other next week and you kind of get to know each other and you tell your tale and or somebody walks in and they're like hey what are you playing and I you know I've never played before can I sit down and play with you and it's like yeah come on um you're not gonna you will get that online you know but you have to like do an interview and, you know, maybe pay for that because there is paid games online. Not every game is free. I mean, there's professional DMs out there who are making $150 a session. Yeah. And yeah, and I get it as, as a game master. It takes a lot of time and effort and you spend a lot of money on it. But I like the, you know, I like in person. I, I like going to a game store and sitting there and seeing other people play games and, you know, lurking as I do. Like, what are you saying? How does it work? Um, so. Yeah, and all this goes. We are not just saying like we online is all is not the best because we have never done it. We played online for how long? A year and a half. With every, um, when when COVID with everyone started, else during COVID. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was and, kind of. 
one of those, we kind of went through those trials and tribulations of what well, we were just doing. We were just doing voice. And then we were like, well, some people were like, well, I don't really like this because I can't see everybody. I can't see this. Well, then we swapped to doing video. And I feel like that helped a lot when we swapped to video because then you could actually see when somebody was getting ready to talk or when somebody was getting ready to do something. It was going to video was a whole lot better for Agreed. for our group. Now, for other people's groups, it may be different and they may not want to do video. And they may be like, oh, well, I look like shit and I don't want to be on camera. But it's like, if you've played in person, you've probably seen these people look like shit before. <laughs> like, <laughs> we play comfortably. <laughs> we do not play <laughs> in a $10,000 gown or a like $5,000 suit. No. No, about t-shirt that. and jeans all the or, way. Or a hoodie and some running shorts. <laughs> or leggings. <laughs> Yo, just got done teaching yoga. <laughs> <laughs> like with with playing in person, it just kind of makes you. I I have more fun when I play in person. I think that's yeah. kind of also what it kind of go boils down to. What do you have more fun playing in person or online? And some people online is better for them than in person, and that's fine. Yeah, some people are nervous to be around other people, and that's yes. okay. That is perfectly fine, and in that situation, online may work better for them. Yeah, and that's again totally understandable. And online is not bad. It no. can be no. so much fun to play online. I, I'm running a game online at the moment. I'm still waiting again, for that villain invite. <laughs> I mean, if you guys want a guest star. <laughs> bring you guys in maybe maybe don't worry don't, um, don't worry erica i'll 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 deal us into some campaigns <laughs> to be villains <laughs> i'm not afraid anybody have any last thoughts on this topic All right, so yeah i do have one last thought for me personally um one thing i do love about in person and i can't say it enough the miniatures the miniatures are, are, to me, a huge part of the hobby. You can either buy some super epic ones, like I bought the Wiz, WizKids Tiamat when it came out. I have never used it, but I love that thing so much. And then another thing I personally love is painting them. That's another fun part of the hobby to me. So you don't get that online because there's no need to paint or anything like that. I'm going to talk about this a little bit of the same thing. Um, on the minis part, I love painting minis. If you like minis, uh, Kingdom Death is some of the better minis. It's not a role-play game. It's a board game. Um, they're expensive minis, but they are beautiful. So and beautiful. if you like the way that Sparks character presents, then you will enjoy the way they look. Anyways, um... On the painting aspect, I also enjoy it. I suck at it. Uh, when I go to cons, I take lessons. Shout out to Impending Duff, who is a professional med miniature painter. He does amazing classes. If you can get in one of his classes, the way he teaches makes sense. And he doesn't, like, talk 
over your head if you don't have like a degree in art that I've noticed some people will do. So shout out to Impending Duff. Uh, the terrain is my big thing, which would not be, you know, the terrain is there to give you that awesome visual image of the spot, but it also highlights the monster too, right? Especially if it's a slayer. I love terrain. That's one thing, one thing I do love Dungeon Crawl Classic, and you can use terrain, but it's not as useful as it is in 5e. Um, and that's something that I kind of been like, oh, you know, we just mostly do DCC, match the next generation. I want to bust out my terrain, but I can't because there's no reason to. The combat's going to last 10 minutes and set it up for. But um, yeah, making your own terrain. I make my own. And if you can afford it, Dwarven Forge is, of course, the, the, in my opinion, the best thing you can buy. So. But that's the thing too. If you want to make your own things, you don't have to spend a lot of money. I mean, nope. Um, shout out to Bardscraft on YouTube. He makes things out of cardboard and yep. things he finds outside and uses a normal butcher's knife um and makes some epic looking things. We're we will I'm gonna add this to topics for the future. Terrain. And miniatures. They I can be like, their own topics. Yeah, I feel like for we could sure. definitely go into depth with the painting of miniatures and yeah. terrain and definitely should share some of our own work in, in those cases. For and sure. That we is could, a uh, topic that y'all will take over because I just look at them and think they're pretty. You painted miniatures. Uh, like one or two, but I would just, I would like to admit something that Erica said. I'm not that good of a painter. No, she is amazing. The paints that she has done on miniatures and monsters have looked amazing. Yeah, some of the terrain you've made is it gorgeous. Looks like you bought it. Yes, I will bring. Like maybe if there's a time that Sparks cannot be with us, then maybe we will. Uh, me and Foxfire will focus on those topics, the terrain and minis. And we oh, can bring. No, I can be here. Like I'll just ask you. I'll just ask you the questions, and then I'll be like, "Look okay. over here. This is something they've done. Oh, look at that." <laughs> so okay, that works. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, on to our next topic, which I believe is just Foxfire. Yeah. So I thought it would be fun for our first session talking. Um, to just go over some of the characters that we've made in the past and played that we just really love. Maybe some of the inspirations behind them and maybe some of the feats they accomplished during their respective games. Um, I can go first. Uh, it probably will surprise nobody, but one of my favorite characters I've ever made was a Kitsune. And uh, it's my first ever character that actually got to level 20. She was a bard and she was the most chaotic person ever uh pretty much anything the paladin of the party wanted to do she did the opposite um i did not play the traditional horny bard though wasn't my thing even though she did end up married by the end and having a child but uh it just it was so fun just to play a bard and be able to do like crazy things as the kitsune because you could automatically as a power make yourself look different and that was a homebrew race so i'm cheating a little bit with that i suppose but then 
you have the bard abilities who they can do some crazy things and then i also multi-class into warlock as well and again crazy things with that and uh at the end of that campaign we ended up fighting a buffed up version of bell and like we got hit by a moon and almost died and survived craziness (laughs) definitely favorite character favorite campaign um no offense to anybody else in this room that's ran God. i see how it is yeah for real <laughs> giving you to stink no i'm fine erica uh would you like to go next sure um i went to GaryCon like i don't know a month or two ago whenever and i was playing in a dungeon crawl classic game and played a character her name was Susan. She was the thief, and she had a garrote. And by the end of it, the guys at the table, because you have, like, you're in a title um, eventually in DCC. They had given me a title. It was Susie the Badass, um, because I was sneaking up behind everything and just taking that garrote and just, like, chopping heads off. Um, at one point in time, uh, we started fighting trees, and I asked the judge if I could use it like when we go hiking, we have these uh, hands. They're like little hand chains. They're like saws, right? And you can use it to saw logs, you know, for fires and stuff when we go backcountry camping. And I was like, could I take my garrote and kind of do the same thing and start to like saw the tree creature in half? And he was like, that is horrifying. But yes. He's um, already talked about Finny. I love Finny. She's one of my favorite characters. She's one of the only characters that. Um, and D&D ha- who has died um, and I do love comedy and so that's where she came from but Susie does have a place in the brutality of her and I do enjoy that in games and in horror films so <laughs> uh. Sparks so I would say out of my favorite characters that I've played would more than likely be in your game, Erica, when I played my wizard, uh, Sophie. I enjoyed Sophie. It was kind of the first time that I had really, like, delved into wizard before. Uh, And it was was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it with just kind of the spells that you kind of get as a wizard, the new, like, Spells that they've come out with, like time spells, being the smartest one to make clones of all of our bodies, just in case any of us died. Uh, it was it was really fun. I enjoyed it, and also playing a character that had like no charisma, because most of my characters have charisma it's and true. dexterity. And I think actually, I think. I think she had high dexterity. I don't think her wisdom was that high. Or maybe not. I just know she did not have any charisma. She was such a bitch <laughs> to everybody. For... But she was a lovable bitch. She was a lovable bitch. And then she got fingered to death and forced to try to kill her own teammates. And it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. I but you remember lust. that. You remember that. That's the thing. I do like, also you know, remember you're... that almost everybody forgot about my character before that. <laughs> Being in the Feywild. I mean, you, got, you 
we leave the Feywild. What are you gonna do? I mean, uh, we literally forgot you, though. You like, say yes, literally. You both <laughs> forgot at the table and forgot in the game. The only reason people remembered was because I said something. <laughs> no, no, no. Let me correct. Ashley didn't forget. Striga mm. forgot. Yeah, but the people it's that actually remember. It's not my place to remind players. It is not yeah. my place as a GM to remind players that is up to y'all. Well, my new character remembered, so that was the kind of important right. thing. <laughs> Well, there you thing. go. Yes, but I would say I would say that one is probably my most favorite one, and then any monk I've ever played. I enjoy monks so much; it's so nice. Pop, pop, motherfucker! Bam, bam. I will write that down. Bam, bam. You guys just reminded me. My second favorite was probably also one from Erica's campaign, the Stranger Things one. The kitty cat. <laughs> yes. The pussy bitch. I, I... <laughs> I played a, a cat a homebrew race, Grimalkid, and it was intended to be a healer, intended to be a neutral good healer in our very first session. Um, so for those who haven't seen Stranger Things, uh, there spoiler are... Alert. It's been seven, yeah, ten spoiler years. Alert, spoiler it... alert. Spoiler alert. You should have watched it ten years ago, motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. What have you been doing? Season two. Spoiler alert from season two. Um... In Stranger Things, um, if you get the vines in your mouth, you can be implanted with uh, basically the the Mind Flayer and become under their control. And that was something that Erica added in because it's, again, spoiler alert, not in the base module for Stranger Things. We all woke up in this room with vines in our mouths and we all had to make constitution saving throws. I rolled a natural one, if I remember correctly. You did. And so, obviously, that is a major fail. And so, my character was infected by the Mind Flayer. And the next session... So, between sessions, I will say, Erica did not take my player agency. She gave me the option. She asked if I minded. And I found it completely hilarious. And I said, yes, I want to do this. So every night, my character was a druid and was going out, turning into like this big ape, murdering people and taking it back to the Mind Flayer. The party didn't realize it, but I also kept saying my character's looking ragged, she's being mean, she was biting and scratching people for basically no reason. And everybody just thought, well, she's just a bitchy cat. Until we got to investigating a pumpkin patch. We had split the party. It was me, the cleric, the gunslinger, the wizard, and I think he was a monk, wasn't he? The Maybe. Warforged. There was um, like 13 people at that gosh, table. Gosh, there was so yeah. many that people. Was like, we had so <laughs> many people at that table, but yeah, that was still about <laughs> half the party. Um, and we were attacked by Demodogs. And my character, I, I sent a message to Erica what do you what does the mind flare want me to do and she said let them be taken so i took that as okay help the demodogs so i tried to act like it was a mistake an accidental mistake but place entangle right on party members and uh right on the demodogs but the demodogs i think had advantage on the role because hive mind mentality during that 
They <laughs> they pulled the I think monk down into the vines and he was taken, and then the wizard got pulled down into the vines and she was taken. I almost took out a third, but then they figured out that I was definitely not on their side, and barely escaped. I think I think I escaped with just like one or two HP. Yeah, you got into the upside down and fled. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely one of my favorite things, just because of the memorability of it. To this yeah. day, to this day, the group does not want me to play a cat. And if they do, or I mention a cat when I'm DMing, it's the evil fucking cat. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I if, you, like... um, if you read that Stranger Things module that they put out for 5th edition, you will notice that most of what she talked about is not in there. Um, I tweaked it a lot to make it a little bit more in line with the show so yeah i we see that a lot kind of with our group me and me and fox are like um we might be morally gray characters (laughs) as we're the ones that are like "Mm, you go evil i'll be evil it's fine yeah and then ironically right after that i did roll an evil character yeah i'm just gonna roll an evil one now it was it was really fun. The characters, but nobody could blame me had. for that one because everybody blamed me for the cat. Everybody blamed you oh. for the cat, and then it was like, well, no, rolled a natural no, one. Like that's no, the everybody, thing. Everybody, everybody just assumed the cat was like that from the beginning, and I'm like, no, yeah. no, yeah. she didn't act like that in the first session. That's <laughs> uh, true. Definitely share you guys's own favorite characters. We'd love to hear it. Oh, yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. We'll see you in the next video. Bye. 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 Hey, guys. Sparks here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Dyson Dish. We really hope you enjoy it. If you have any comments, make sure to leave them down below. Make sure to hit that subscribe button over on YouTube and follow our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast at. We really hope you enjoy it. Uh, Our next episode is going to be in two weeks. So that's going to be Friday, July 28th. It'll come out at 12 p.m. CST again. So yeah, again, thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoy. If you have any ideas for future topics, make sure to leave them below. And we hope to see you here next time. Bye!